We are fortunate to tell these stories on the traditional lands of the Yalakit Willem, a clan of the Bulwurrung people of the Kulin Nation. We recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and culture, and we pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging, and through them to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. I'm at Grant Reserve beside Cherry Lake on my way to Fresno Street. With beautiful views of the wetlands and the familiar skyline of the industry in the background. Here we have pelicans, swans, swamp hens. It's also a precious habitat for the Altona skipper butterfly, who finds its home in the chaffy saw sedge grass. It's called Cherry Lake, named after William Cherry, who first owned this beautiful fishing and family gathering spot, but it didn't used to look anything like it does today. I'm joined by Barry Hansen and Peter Weaver, both of whom have been president of the Altona Laverton Historical Society in the past, and Ranger Suzette, who's going to give me some tips on how to identify the sugar gums, blue gums and Fresno trees that the streets within the reserve are named after. Welcome to the Hobson's Bay QR Walks. Your safety is important to us, so please remain aware of your surroundings as you walk the curated path and listen to the series. You can find more information about your path if you scroll down the page past the sponsors. Supporting a local merchant on your walk means supporting an entire community, so do pop into a shop on your walk, even if it's just to say good day. There are three streets in the reserve. All of them are named after trees, Sugar Gum, Blue Gum and Fresno Street. Since the reserve was first built in 1953, is it possible that those trees are still growing around the reserve? Yes, it is possible. And it's the Sugar Gums are one of the best ones to see. So up Sugar Gum uh, Drive, particularly to the north, there's still a number of Sugar Gums uh, growing along the street there. In fact, uh, Hobson's Bay has a lot of sugar gums around the place. That was one of the most commonly planted plants. Sugar gums are not actually from the Hobson's Bay area. They are, of course, native to Australia. But because they're such a beautiful tree and um, they grow rather quickly for eucalypts, they were planted quite substantially around the municipality. So yes, if you go up the northern part of Sugar Gum Drive, you'll see these beautiful big trees with smooth bark and kind of mottled bark. So they have various colours on the bark, a bit of orange and a bit of sort of grey and things like that. They're usually quite big. They'll often, they do drop limbs so that as eucalypts tend to do, they sometimes lose their limbs. So you might find hollows in the trees, which is really good for habitat for animals. And they've got slightly smaller buds and nuts than than the blue gums because if you then go down blue gum drive, you will also see a number of blue gums still along Grant Reserve and along blue gum drive. And the blue gums and the sugar gums can look a little similar. The blue gum also has mostly smooth bark, although sometimes it's a bit rougher around the base. And it does have a little bit of a blue mottled tinge sometimes to the bark, but there's also orange tinges, which can have them look a little similar to the sugar gums. One of the best ways to tell them apart is the blue gums have really big nuts, gum nuts on them. So, and the, and the gum nuts are bluish tinge as well, which is just suits the name. So they're probably the best ways to identify those trees. 
As for Fresno, we actually only have one Fresno tree in Fresno Avenue. If you would like to see this tree, basically it's right on the termination where Blue Gum Drive meets Fresno Avenue. So you can see the tree from there. It's quite a tall tree. So that that particular one is probably about 10 metres tall right now. So it's, it's a pretty obvious tree to be able to see. Cherry Lake was named after William Cherry, who was a farmer in the area in the late 1800s. He farmed the land for many years between the lake and Corroy Creek Road and up to Miller's Road, before splitting the land up between his three sons after his death. From 1952 to 1955, there was a whole lot of motor racing going on at Cherry Swamp, as it was known then. They used double-decker buses with the tops cut off as grandstands, and when the swamp flooded, the only thing not underwater were the buses. I was a bit younger, but Cherry Lake used to be just a swamp, um, and the older boys would acquire cars, I don't know how they acquired the cars, and race the cars around Cherry Lake. 1952 to 1954, Cherry Lake was actually a gazetted car race course. It was the backup track for the 1956 Grand Prix because they were having trouble getting permission to run it at Albert Park. Um, I've got photos of Jack Brabham, Stan Jones in their Austin Healy's and their Mavics racing their cars around Cherry Lake. A local gym tester, his uncle died at the track in 1954 um, and that was the end of the, the racetrack because it was basically a, a, like a salt pan swamp. It would dry out in summer and then Croyt Creek would flood into it and then flood Altona um, in the winter. Um, and the flooding of Altona, I remember as a kid surfing behind the buses because the buses were the only thing that could get up and down the streets. So in 1968, 1970, the council got together and they dug out Cherry Lake to a metre, a metre and a half, put a concrete edge on it. Um, and up at the end of Fresno Street, there's, it looks like a garage that's actually uh, a bore down about three or 400 feet. So it fills naturally as an overflow during winter off Croyt Creek and then overflows down through past um, the soccer club. And during summer when it starts to dry out, the pump kicks in and keeps the lake filled. The sporting fields in JK Grant Reserve used to be the main site of Operation Recreation, the name of the annual Altona Festival that ran from the 1960s. Barry, you played a pivotal role in bringing the community together in such a wonderful, unified way. How did that come about? I was in Apex at the time, which was a young men's, in those days, under 40 club. It was a small event, a parade on the Sunday. They had marching girls and bands and, and a few stalls, you know, selling fairy floss and sandwiches and whatever in those days. I went along to the meeting so we could go in the parade, put Apex float in, which all the schools, service clubs and everything put floats, just to show your club off, that was the idea. And the, these people who were running it um, said, uh, any questions? And I started question, you know, could we do this, could we do this, could we get a centrefold in the paper to get more, you know, to advertise it? And they said, would you like to join the committee? I said, yes. <laughs> and then I thought, oh, we can improve this. So we had a Saturday night bush dance 
bands playing and all this sort of thing just grew and grew and grew. There are so many more stories that could be told about Grant Reserve, but alas, our time has come to an end. Thanks to Ranger Suzette, I now know how to tell the difference between a sugar gum and a blue gum. I've discovered that Brabham once raced at Cherry Swamp and heard all about Operation Recreation. It was always a battle as a kid who you're going to march with. I was in scouts on the hockey club, the school, and you wanted to participate in all three. So sometimes if they were far enough apart, you'd leave your push bike at Cherry Lake, walk down, run down to Altona, walk with the scouts, jump on your pushy, ride back here, walk with the school, run back here, and then walk with the hockey club as well. Operation Regression was amazing. This project has been produced with the support of the Louis Joel Arts and Community Centre, the Altona Laverdon Historical Society, Newport Community Hub Recording Studio and by the Hobsons Bay City Council to its Make It Happen grant program. Directed and written by Gina Kennedy, sound production by Alex Amster and narrated by me, Libby Tanner, with contributions from over 50 members of the Hobsons Bay community. If you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to look out for the other QR codes in Hobson's Bay. There's always another story to be told. <laughs>